And so now on this most inspiring day, I would like to welcome our spiritual director, Reverend Patrick Cameron, for his very inspirational message today. Good morning. Oh, what a beautiful day to be alive. So I'm going to invite you to sing a song with me and say a prayer. If you'd like to stand and do that, feel free. If not, please stay seated. In this very room, there's quite enough love for all the world. And in this very room, there's quite enough joy for all the world. And there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear for spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room In this very room, one power, one life, perfect life, God's life. I claim that life as my own in this moment, and as I choose it, it chooses me, and I open myself this moment. I invite you to open yourself and continue to ease into, lean into that divine grace, that beauty, that elegance, that divine genius. Guiding, directing, resourcing, and supporting in every good way. This is my knowing. This is my relationship with His divine presence in so many wonderful ways. And I activate it through the play, the creativity, and the joy of life. This day, this moment is a, a moment of joy because I name it so. And so I just give thanks for this opportunity, for all of the generations, all of the blessings that have brought us together this day, all of their deep caring and love and commitment to continue to give birth in every way possible to a world that works for everyone. And so as we give, give birth to this Christ consciousness within each and every one of us this beautiful Easter day, in honoring that powerful legacy, I know the world is blessed as I am blessed in my heart. For this I give thanks, releasing these words, knowing it is already done in the mind of the one, and I welcome every ounce of it in my experience, along with you. And together we say... And so it is. Beautiful. What a beautiful day. Last uh, summer we were at Quadra Island. And uh, at that time we were planning on being at the Windspear again this Easter. And I, I spoke. Uh, and, and Stefan had sung One Power for the group at that point. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, I have an have a, uh, invitation for you. I want you to come to Edmonton. Because I think everyone in their life should at one point in time hear this man sing One Power. So I thank you for being here today. It's just such a powerful, powerful experience. And when I told him, I called him and said, the venues have changed. And he said, well, I, I just want to serve. I just want to come and be of service wherever I can. And I just thought, man, that's what, I love you even more now. So here he is, so thank you. And it is a beautiful day. And, we, and this is the most important sacred day in the Christian tradition, Easter Sunday. 
And it really is about the, the story of the, the teacher Jesus of Nazareth. About 2,000 years ago, it came along and he taught certain principles and certain ideas that we still retain and we're still moving forward. Has anyone here ever gotten directions to go somewhere and still gotten lost? Yeah, a few of us have. So someone gives us detailed directions um, and then we, we, you know, we still end up in the wrong place. Even with the GPS sometimes, we've, I've, I've found myself. Uh, we were in Hawaii a couple years ago, and Laura somehow pushed the button, and everything in the GPS went to Egyptian hieroglyphics. <laughs> Do you remember that? And we were like 45 minutes trying to get out of hieroglyphics, because if you can't read hieroglyphics, you can't prompt yourself out of the GPS. So anyway, but there was, there's only one road in Hawaii, so we just kept driving. You know, It became kind of obvious as we went along. But the, the reason I mention that is because <clears throat> what this great teacher did is he came along with a message. He came along and he, 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 he threw us a rope. He laid down the breadcrumbs. And, if, and to follow those home uh, was, was our opportunity, and it's still our opportunity. And what's happened over the course of time is that, you know, we've all, we all make up stories about this, this amazing teacher, this son of God. And, of course, we believe that Jesus was the son of God. When Pontius Pilate stood before him and, and they were trying him, and he said, Thou sayest thou art the, the king of the Jews and the son of God. And, and Jesus knew. He just said, Thou sayest. He didn't deny it. He didn't defend it. He said, Thou sayest. Because for many of us, our experience is that people don't interpret the world the way it is. They interpret the world the way they are. And so he understood in his infinite wisdom that Pontius Pilate had, a, had already reached a conclusion. And so the, the beautiful legacy of what I believe was being conveyed and the, and the road map is what is our opportunity to celebrate this day. Because we celebrate, Dr. Ernest Holmes, our founder, said we're Christian and more. And I've always loved that. The, the, the idea of death and resurrection actually comes from the Egyptian Book of the Dead. And it was written centuries before Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. And if you go back, it's historically documented. And it's an important story. It is about the rebirth. It is about the reawakening. You know, we celebrate chocolate uh, bunnies and, and eggs. Or I think a lot of people do anyway. We didn't have any at our house this morning. I was pretty disappointed, but <laughs> I'm adjusting. <laughs> Talking about directions, I just found out before I got up here that, uh, that Laura and I were invited to Easter dinner, but it happened yesterday. So... Couldn't have made it yesterday anyway. But, but, but so part of the story is, and part of what drives the, the, this, this, this beautiful narrative is that, you know, when Jesus died, and it's interesting also that it is reported in Scripture that, that typically when you were crucified, it took days, hours and days to die. And, and this beautiful teacher was dead within an hour. Even Pontius Pilate commented on it and, and was surprised. Which, but I think it's in, indicative of his willingness, his openness to what was, was happening. And he understood at the highest level because he was in such deep communication, high relationship with the infinite, which is what he represented. And he surrendered into it. Not because he gave up, but he surrendered into it. And it's, it, it, the wonderful thing about the narrative is, so they, that, that, of course, he's, he's died and he's in the tomb. And the tomb, when they come to, to check on the tomb in the morning, the stone, this heavy stone, as the legend goes, was rolled aside. And there was no body. And so part of that 
the mythology that grew out of that was that either the body was taken and buried somewhere, and there's a theory that Joseph of Arimathea took the body, or that the body ascended to heaven, and, and, uh, was, and that's a very popular idea. And, and for the purposes of our interpretation of the narrative, it really doesn't matter. What, 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 in it, but, but what happens throughout the story is that that which we dwell upon, our thinking, if we think it's so, it becomes so. How many people, I think so many people at that point in time wanted to see Jesus, and they did have visions of Jesus. But if you look at it, many more people over the years have seen Elvis at Burger King than have seen the, the, Jesus. I have a sister that has been having visions of the Blessed Virgin her whole life, and she has them. But it's an, I, I believe that when we, we dwell upon something long enough and we give ourselves to it, we'll create, we'll create it in our lives. So is Jesus, one of the great things about this story, because if we look at Scripture deeply, if we look at what's beneath it and understand some of the deep meanings that are there, it's, 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 part, of the, it's part of the legacy, it's part of the Google map to get to the destination. And one of the things that happened is the story of, of, the, the story of Jesus, and he was imprisoned. As he was imprisoned, it was the day before Passover. And Pontius Pilate, who was in charge at that point in time, remember they, they sent him back and forth between Herod and Pontius Pilate, and they couldn't decide what to do with him. And so, but it, it was the day before Passover, and, and Pontius Pilate had the choice to decide to free someone that day. And he wasn't, and Pontius Pilate wasn't convinced about, you know, the, this whole thing with Jesus, because he understood he was kind of a troublemaker, but he really didn't have a big agenda around it. He was kind of, uh, he was on the, in, the, in the middle there, trying to figure it out. So he, he realized, you know, what I'll do is I'll let, the, I'll let the people of Israel, let the people of Jerusalem decide. And so he went before them, and as was his mandate, he could put together or bring forth two prisoners and let the people decide. And so he brought up Barabbas and brought up Jesus of Nazareth. Now, the interesting thing about Barabbas is his first name was also Jesus. And Barabbas means son of man. When Jesus represented was divinity, son of God. And so the beautiful, powerful message is there. Here's a group of people that get to decide. Do we choose the, the world of effect? Because Barabbas was a murderer. He was a thief. He was a murderer. He, was, he would be considered in modern day a terrorist. Do we choose the, the world of effect or, would, or do we choose the divine? And the people chose Barabbas. They said, free Barabbas. We want Barabbas for whatever reason. Whatever. And, and really the metaphor there, the, the, the gift in it all, is that the people had this choice to decide, decide between the divinity or the world of effect. And they chose the world of effect. In fact, if you go back even further in Scripture, I need to refer to my notes so I get the, the, the name right, but when Moses went up the mountain the first time, now Moses may have gone up the mountain, but what mountains always re- represent in Scripture is a higher level of thinking. The depths of water always re- represent the depths of thinking. So Moses went on the mountain, and he came down with a series of tablets. And those first tablets that he brought were the Sephiroth of the Kabbalah. The Kabbalah represents the mystical tradition of, of the Jewish tradition. And it was the Sephiroth of the Kabbalah that he brought down, and he wanted to share with the people. And what he was sharing from those, that, that Sephiroth of the Kabbalah was the divine connection of man with God. And that was the initial tablets that he brought. And the people at that time, generations before Jesus of Nazareth showed up, rejected that. They rejected the idea of personal divinity. 
Because for us to accept personal divinity, everything changes. Everything changes. When, when Stefan was singing his song, every word then becomes a prayer or not. Every thought is a new seed that gets planted. And we're responsible for all of it. We had a wonderful... I spent four hours in here yesterday with a film crew in here. And we did a, a question and answer interview with Dr. Gans Ferentz. He was asking these spontaneous questions. And we're going to use it for our website and for the internet and for YouTube to market the message. But it was beautiful. It was beautiful stuff. But we talk extensively about this. This is the core of our teaching. It is for us to step up. So Easter represents for this tradition... What it represented for Dr. Ernest Holmes is it's not, it's not enough to simply say, I love Jesus and what he stood for. It's to say, I step into my Christ consciousness, and I live from that. And it's a challenge because we forget sometimes. We fall back into the world of effect. But it, and, and so if we look at the examples through history, here are the Jewish people, given, they're given the keys to the kingdom. And they say no. Here are the people that decide, we'd like, you, have, you have the divine, the representation of divinity within man in, in this form of this beautiful avatar, Jesus of Nazareth. Or you have Barabbas, who represents all the things that make us fear, the faith in fear. And, with, and they choose the fear. It's, you see it in modern day with addiction. How many people do you, have you watched struggle with addiction? And when they get into recovery and they get into sobriety and they get into clarity, life is just so much more beautiful and rich and powerful. But it's such a challenge to step out of that, that conditioning. And this is our challenge. And that is the cross. That is the cross that we all bring along with us. There's the, the metaphor once again. And see, what I want to do with this story, this narrative of this amazing teacher, is I want to be able to interpret it in my life and in your life and share it with you in a way that, that not only... that, that empowers me. And then it fuels my passion and my dreams. And, and I was raised in a tradition that said, you know, somebody died for your sins. I, I, didn't, I couldn't connect with that. I didn't know what that meant because what it said to me was you are inherently flawed. And you need to work your tail off to, to win God's graces. And when I found this teaching, I realized that that was just an idea that someone had given me because they loved me and they wanted me to behave. But what I realized is that, that we're not inherently flawed, we're inherently ignorant of our divine nature. And to accept that, uh, accept that mandate and accept that realization, then I'm called to live and to give birth to the Christ in my life. And then I can read the scripture and I read scripture in a whole different way. And I'm not reading it from a sense of guilt because my guilt adds nothing. Your guilt adds nothing to my life. My shame adds nothing to your life. But, but that's a very popular idea. And so for us to continue to nurture that and give birth to that, Jesus' teaching was that the Christ consciousness is already incarnate in each of us. And he said that over and over again. This was his message. You know, on the cross, when he was, when he was giving it up, when he was surrendering, you know, he said, Father, the Father presence within... Forgive them, for they don't know not what they do. I was looking at the Beatitudes. The Beatitudes are such beautiful, beautiful uh, content for what he had to say. And I'm working on it. Because, and there's so much there. I thought about sharing it today. I, was, uh, I don't have time. But, but such beautiful content about the qualities of being. Blessed, the first one is the blessed are the poor of spirit, for they shall enter the kingdom. What does that mean, poor of spirit? Well, what it means is that people understand that their life is not their life, that their life is God's life. 
It's all there is. God is everywhere present. It's what we teach. And when we live from that, and the more and more we can step into that and express from that, we live in the kingdom. But many people think it's, let's suffer here, and then we'll be, and the rewards of heaven will be there. It's a present moment experience. And this is what he was talking about. It was all present moment. And he was being informed by the politics of the day as well. There are many factions involved. We'll get into it as we move along. But <clears throat> Ernest Holmes said that there's a power for good in the universe which is greater than you are and you can use it. And oftentimes we don't recognize the crucifixions of our own lives. And we don't recognize them for what they really are. They're gateways to a higher consciousness. Gateways to a higher consciousness. You know, I mean, look at childbirth. Is there anything... I have never experienced it, but I've been around a number of people who have. I've been in the waiting room for hours and hours. I'm not, I'm not tell you, it's tough. I don't know, it's tough being out there waiting. But not as tough as being in there, giving birth. But look at the joy. Look at the joy from it. You know, life requires friction and to shape our consciousness. But if we understand it, if we have enough spiritual principles and tools in our life to dip back into that beautiful awareness and say, you know what, there's one life, and that life is, is God's life, and that life is my life. Everything that Jesus taught was about unification. Beautiful song by Daniel, or Daniel, um, uh, I think Daniel, Daniel, the spirit of Daniel Namod is with us today with Brian. No separation. Healing the separation, because it's easy to, to, to step into that. And our spiritual practice, I think, the foundational piece of it. And we can do it anywhere. This is available to all of us. It's not unique. It's not uh, divinely ordained. It doesn't require any special ticket or any special permission from anyone. It requires we, uh, permission from ourselves to open my heart in this moment. You know, I mean, Jesus was such a beautiful example of vulnerability. Divine vulnerability. What courage you took. His, his gentleness, his, his just willingness to be present and to be unconditionally loving with everyone. And I, and I think it was a struggle for him at times as well as we read. But he never, he never moved out of his union long enough to say, I quit, I give up, I'm out of here. He could have slipped out of there anytime he wanted. And he knew that something, his life was God's life. And the great thing is that we can, we can practice what he teaches without being crucified. You know, we don't have to, we don't, we're not threatened by the societal uh, pressures that he was. What courage it took for him to continue to convey that message. And his legacy, to, so to honor his legacy this day, this beautiful day of celebration and music and the vibration of the Most High. We did a, a, an event Friday, Good Friday at uh, uh, City Hall. In the, right in the middle, we did music and meditation. It was a beautiful, beautiful experience. And, and I was standing in the front of everyone and, and experiencing the whole thing. And just about three-quarters of the way through, these waves of energy were just enveloping me. And it was, it's, it was indescribable. It was a mystical moment. And it, it's our way of expressing and honoring and loving what this beautiful teacher stood for. There were other people, there's another group that went through town, they were carrying a cross called the Way of the Cross. I didn't know, they do it every year, I saw it in the paper the next day. And they visit all the places in Edmonton where someone had been murdered. And that is their way of honoring the legacy. That is their way of mourning together collectively and, and, and vowing in whatever way it gives meaning because we have to express these things. I'm grateful for my way, but my way is one way. 
Their way is another way, and they're all right and perfect. For all of us to wake up and to stand up and say, this, I won't stand for this anymore. Now, those people are talking about the violence out in the world, and I agree with them. I'm right there with them. But what I'm talking about as well, at the next level down, is the violence within me and my hatred of others and my bias and my opinions that I think are right so often. And when I look at the vulnerability of somebody like Jesus, I realize, you know what, that's just my opinion. Let people have their own experience. And if, and if someone is behaving in a way that's inappropriate, stand up to that. And we, we know when to do that. You see, so it's all good and it's all God. And that's why we honor all traditions. It's a beautiful thing. But to come together and to activate the joy in our lives, the creativity, the celebration, the music. I walk out of here and I'm on fire. I'm on fire with you and in love with life. Man, how much love can we get away with? That's what Jesus was talking about. He loved everybody. I watched something last night on the, one of the news shows. A guy was in prison for 18 years. And the guy, one of his best friend testified and put him there. And he was innocent. He came out of prison and his friend said, I'm so sorry. And he said, don't worry about it. I forgive you. I forgave you a long time ago. But there's the Christ consciousness in action. 18 years in prison. So somebody told a story about a best friend. The guy said, don't worry about it, man. I'm happy to be out of prison. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get on with my life. There it is. There it is. That is the one power, the one presence, the one life. So this day is our day to be inspired and to move forward in a wonderful, powerful, beautiful way. I thank you for sharing and I thank you for listening and being here and supporting all that we're doing and, and the things that are unfolding and, and just this beautiful, beautiful bouquet of, of love and song and celebration. I'm so grateful for our musicians today, Brown Anderson and Gord Oaks and and Tom Golbus and Dan Secker and Karen Porca and Brian McLeod and Bell Hodge and our, our choir, the beautiful things they put together, all of this. It's just such a, I'm so grateful for all of it. So I thank you, I bless you. Let us all continue to have a glorious Easter. And keep in mind, we can always give birth to that Christ consciousness. And so it is.